Jacko, mate, welcome to another episode, Second Again Podcast. This, this time we're going to be doing a, a preview, although the preview is not extremely exciting this week. It's obviously a bit of a lull between um, meetings in the middle of the carnival. Melbourne are phasing out at the moment and Sydney are obviously ramping up after a massive week last week, five group ones. If, there's got to be a lull, doesn't there, Jackson? Absolutely, mate. It's it's especially in Melbourne. It's fucking tough viewing, isn't it? When I saw the card, I kept scrolling and refreshing, going, "Where are all the good runners? They're just not there." So, I think it's um, tread with caution in Melbourne, especially this weekend, and try and make a bit of cash in Sydney, and we'll see how we go. But definitely tone it down a bit. Now, I want to make note of a gear change. There's been a gear change today. I've decided to opt for a glass of water next to me. Um, I don't know if you had listened to the the, the review last night or, or in the last few days, but had a little bit of a choking moment. So I've learned from my mistakes, ultimate gear change, water in, um, blinkers on as well. So we're ready to go. The exciting thing this week is there's a little bit of racing on Friday night at the Valley, which I hate the Valley, it's a goat track, but it's, it's exciting when there's some good racing going on Friday night. So we'll kick it off there in race four. Flying mascot, so over the mile, dollar seventy they've given us, which is pretty gutless. But there's only six or seven runners. McDougal sticks, so dollar seventy over sixteen. Barb Raiders next line three seventy. Quantum Mechanic shout the bar is twelves. Did you like anything in this race, or is just the dollar seventy shot they won? Yeah, I really think that Flying Mascot wins this race. We both pinned it as a horse to follow out of its last start at Flemington. It was really solid performance, two lengths above benchmark and. The closest runner to it in this field is a length and a half behind off figures. So the only other credible uh, threat to me is Barb Raider. Um, obviously, she's a, a mare that's in that's in a pretty good nick at the moment. So pay respect to it. But Flying Mascot gets the lead on its own, straight to the lead, and hopefully too good. I think it'd be hard to beat. I think it's a really, really good Quinella, though. Um, I think Barb Raider, form in front of Argentia and horses like this. Like These are quality, quality horses. Um, and she hasn't done anything wrong this prep either. And she gets a three kilo weight swing being a three-year-old. So wouldn't be surprised to see her nice and close, but I think Flying Mascot will probably take the candy. Um, race five, just want to quick mention. So this horse, Friedman, the Friedman Stable just pick their races with this horse so well. He's a dead set 955 meter horse, you all on command. And that's about it. 957, you're starting to get a little bit stressed. He's drawn gate one though and Stockdale. So I'm... I think he's a super beast. Probably my best bet of the night at the Valley at three bucks. I don't know if you had an opinion on the race. Yeah, for sure. If if anything, I'd be on Yulong Command. The gate is obviously perfect for it. He can just roll forward and control it there and loves the firm going as well. So huge chance. For sure. Get on the get on the Yulong, I reckon. Um, race seven, wait for age, group one. There's something about night racing with a group one at the Valley that is pretty exciting. I've obviously got some pretty fond memories of a few Chautauqua races as well. 1,200 metres, it's the William Reed. So, Morabi, sort of this real boom horse in terms of sprinting. Um, I don't know, what a record. She's seven from seven. There you go. So, the picket fence just continues and she's opened $1.70. The astrologist who's <laughs> come out and run second in a new market, would you fucking believe it? So, $12 next line. The Inferno is their 13s. Kemal Passer, 15s. September run, 16s. Generation, Yonka, Trekking, Marine One. It's actually a pretty pretty okay field they put together. Yeah, it's nice. Nice enough for a group one. Obviously, Marabi's the starting point. Um, she's just been in incredible form. 
looks like it's got no holes in, in the armor as well. It's, it's just rolls to the front. It's now shown that it's versatile as well. So obviously Malkovic let it up last start and they were happy to sort of take the sit, which Ben Allen did superbly. So obviously got her the victory in that Oakley plate. I've still got question marks at 1200 really hard speed. That's the only thing I can say. I'd like to see her get it done at 1200 on a really hot speed. And there is going to be speed here. So obviously Jonka rolls forward as well as Kemal Parsa. They've both got good speed. I think she will still lead this field though, Marabi, and she's obviously going to be hard to run down. Just one I want to have a little play on at each way odds is the Inferno. So the horse has had no luck in its first start, almost fell um, in that race behind home affairs up the straight at Flemington, um, had genuine excuses, also genuine excuses in the Everest as well, which was its last go um, at, at 1200. So really keen to see how this horse bounces back. It's on top of the ground, which we know it loves, loves a good firm track. The other thing as well is Mark Zara sticking around till late in the piece here. He's obviously running in Sydney um, on Saturday. So it must mean something to him to stick around for this booking because it's obviously late in the night and, you know, late flight to try and get there for Sydney. A lot of jockeys won't do that. So there's got to be a reason. And mind you, second up record, four from four. So comes to the Valley second up over 1,200, which is his go. I agree. So Mirabi clearly the one on top. Do I want to jump in at $1.70 with a bit of speed inside and outside? Probably not. My, the way I'm going to play the race, I'm going to probably play Quinellas or Exactors. So with, yep, the Inferno and Marabi. I'm also going to have something on. I think this horse is massive overs, Marine One. So it's come out and knocked off Oxley Road, beaten it by a length and a half, behind you as well. Gets gate 13, which is probably a little bit sticky, but I still think that over 1,200 at the Valley, if you are three deep, it's not the end of the world. It's only a short straight. So I just thought 23 bucks was with silly odds for, for a horse that's beaten a promising one in Oxley Road by a length or two. So they're the three I like. So talk me through it. So you've got a seventy shot and you like one at sort of 13 bucks. How do, how do you play this race? I'm always heavy on the place. If the place is black odds or, or more, I'm always heavy on the place, especially in big group one fields like this. It's so hard to find a winner. If you're confident in a horse's ability and you think that everything sets up well for it, make sure you keep the place heavily on side. Because at the end of the day, the win should just be a bonus in this type of field. For sure, for sure. Um, well, that's it for, for the Valley, which is obviously exciting. But something that's not that exciting is what they've decided to throw down in the Mornington Peninsula, which is a beautiful part of the world, but not so beautiful for, for some good horses to be running around. Um, we're going to skip all the way to race six, and that's about as far as we're going to go. So... It's the Mornington Cup. I'm pretty sure if you win this race, you get exemption for the Melbourne Cup. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that is right. So Pondus is obviously super impressive last week, has opened 260 on the backup. Um, Crystal Pegasus, one of our horses, 270. So they're, they're sort of the two that they've had kept really safe in the market. Sacramento, six bucks, Gay and Adrian. Defibrillate going around again at 850. The Doos at 850 and the rest are all 20 plus. They really haven't given us much to work with here, but what'd you like? Yeah, they haven't given us much chockies with this race, have they? So I can only really find two chances. And obviously the market has identified them both. And that's obviously Crystal Pegasus and Pondus. I'll start with Pondus. Just gave them an absolute beating last start. And it's on the quick backup as well. So there'll be no issues handling the 2000. I just think between the two, Crystal Pegasus is going to be uh, more advantage coming back from 2600, having a really strong run there, which was obviously very strong through the line as well, visually. Um, it's a line chaser, and, and we spoke about that in our review earlier this week for the, for, the, uh, for the Saturday review. 
the, the line chasers are just those horses that you almost don't need to look at the figures and see what they've done. You just know they're going to attack the line and, and give you a real good sight for your cash. So I'm going to stick with Crystal Pegasus. I don't have a firm ceiling on where this horse can get to yet. I think we've seen the best of Pondus. I don't know if there's any improvement to come from it. So I'm happy to stick with Crystal Pegasus here. Fantastic. I'm the same. I think I'm happy to take that that form. I think it's it's run at Flemington was just it was perfect. So I don't know if I'll be having much of a bet, but if, from a tipping standpoint, I'll definitely with the peg. Um, let's go back to Sydney. So Rose Hill, obviously for another meeting during the carnival. It's their last last day at Rose Hill before we sort of get into Doncaster Day and the championships, which is really exciting. But it is. It is normal to have a bit of a lull in horses. So we've obviously last week, you're coming off a day with nine black, four or five black type races and then five group ones. So you just can't have the best horses running every single week. Um, but we'll start with race three. So that's the, the Neville Selwood Stakes. Um, it's over 2,000. So we see Mount Popper. Um, it's opened up a 320 favourite, obviously behind Stockman last start. So... They were sort of the two we wanted to take out of the race and we find an opportunity with Mount Popper and pretty sure you, you don't mind him? I don't mind him. I thought he was a, a solid enough run behind Stockman as he touched on before. I don't see a whole lot of depth in this race either. Um, we've obviously had a, a lot to say about where the stays are at in Australia and you only need a, a certain amount of ability to be able to get, a, get over the line in these races. Um, so Mount Popper for me is the horse to be with. He's obviously got. Um, is that uh, is that the, the trainers calling you, mate? For the yeah, I've got Chrissy Wallace just <laughs> on the line, mate. Just yeah. on the line, yep. Yeah. Oh, I thought it might have been the Hawks. We were just chatting about their horse there. That they might have had some mail for us. So we'll pick it up next time. But um, Mount Popper, he's he's going to roll close enough. He should sit in the box seat. I've got him, so happy enough to play him. I think the price is okay. He's rock hard fit as well, which is the best advantage to have on these wet decks. And I think he can get through the going. So happy with Mount Popper here. For sure. We'll roll over to race five now. So we've got the Emancipation Stakes. So we've got a horse that we said was one to follow. Um, and it opens favourite, Anavisto 310. Obviously super impressive first up down in Melbourne. They bring it up here, gets a soft track, um, looks a really good chance. It's recording the soft, it's like six starts, four wins and a second or a third. So Jamie Carr coming up for a ride too. Um, Kiss on all four cheeks, one that you don't mind too, that came over from WA. His second line, 440. Promise of success. They just can't get a win with this horse. It's been running well, but I don't know. I just don't think they've found which level she's at yet. Namali, expat, hungry heart, who missed last week. So they've decided to hold it for this race. What do you think? Is Anavisto, I feel like it's the right price. Have you found one to beat it? Ah, it's, it's tough because we both, for Anavisto and Kiss on All Four Cheeks, we both pin these horses as runners to follow and they've managed to come up in the same race here. And I'll start with the map. So Expat rolls forward and I think he might be able to get this on his own, old Expat. So um, big chance there. It's each way odds as well. So um, maybe a little place bet there for us, but we'll see how, how the track plays on the weekend as well. Obviously excels in, in the heavy going. I'll start with Anavisto. So, look, she's obviously, she's a mare in form. She resumed in super, super form. Um, 1,400 at Flemington. She's now got to step up to 1,500 and, and, and get it done here. I've got confidence that she can um, work well at 1,500. I've just got more upside and, and more of an opinion on Kiss on All Four Cheeks at this trip. 
So interesting. I didn't, I didn't think you'd lean that way. So give yeah, it to and, me. And it's, and it's killing me. It split me down the middle because I, I said straight after the race with Ana Vista, I said, this horse is going to be so hard to beat in mare's grade. Um, and here we are in mare's grade and an ideal trip. It's just that there's one that's on the up that's scaring me. There's no ceiling on Kiss on All Four Cheeks. It's got a ton of talent. One with absolute arrogance last start at Flemington. It's going to be much better suited to the 1500, whereas Ana Visto, I just think her ultimate trip is 1400. So that's sort of what's leaning me as well as the price towards Kiss on All Four Cheeks. Hungry Heart, if it was a dry deck, I would have had um, literally my life savings on it. But they're going to... Um, they're going to, to scratch it again this week, unfortunately. I don't think it's come out yet, but they'll scratch her. She's, I think she's been scratched three weeks in a row now just based on heavy, heavy decks. She just does not go a yard, but disappointing with that. But the only knock for me with Kiss on all four cheeks is the wet track is a little bit of an unknown. If it's really choppy, really heavy nine, heavy 10, that's the only knock for me. Otherwise, I'll be going in head first at 440 or 460. Interesting. I'm going to have to oppose you, mate. So I'm going to go with Ana Visto. Um, speaking probably a little bit through the pocket as well. I've had, had a pretty good time with this horse, so I'm going to stick. 1,500 probably is a little bit of a query, but she's going to be on speed, and horses on speed at Rose Hill traditionally do get a fair bit of an advantage. I'm happy with her. You get Jamie Carr from gate 11. It looks like a pretty perfect setup. Again, expat, I'm, I'm conflicted because you get $11, and the price is really, really tempting, but I just, I, I'm not sure, like... I feel like this this feels like a bit of an afterthoughty sort of race. I think they thought they were going to go into to its last group one start and really come out and show something. She was okay that day, but I just this feels afterthoughty. So Ana Visto for me, but I think it's going to be a really really good race to watch. Um, race six, it's the Doncaster Prelude. So a lot of these horses probably right at the bottom of the rankings for actually getting into the Doncaster, as you can see through the weights. So we got the two the top two in the market. Both have 53 kilos. So our Playboy's $4 and Mr. Mozart also 440. Then you've got Just Folk 6, Brutality 650, Imaging 9 bucks, Arameo 16s, who ran a fantastic race in the Doncaster or the, um, the other mile race in Sydney last time out. So no, no question where they're setting it for. And then Derajan. A few more down the bottom there too. What do you think? Like, did you have an opinion or? I, I didn't have a firm opinion from a betting perspective and, I'll probably start by saying that I'd be surprised if any of these runners ran in the top half of the Doncaster. Um, that's just the, the sort of quality that we're looking at here and a pretty good reflection on where the cards both in Melbourne and Sydney are at over the weekend. So I'll start with the map as well. So Ashman rolls forward. Darajan can be there from that nice gate um, and the front man probably won't be too far away. Our playboy, the, the big concern with it is where the map is, is going to have him positioned and drawn the inside as well. The inside is probably not where you want to be at Rose Hill. We've seen them coming a long way off the fence um, sort of in the last two or three weeks. And that inside has been used quite a lot as well, um, just being on the quick backup for this track. So I'm not sure that's where you want to be. I think it's the horse with the most upside of this lot. I think they're trying to get it into the into the Doncaster and see if they can have a throw at the stumps. It was a nice enough run at Flemington last start behind Kiss on all four cheeks. So I'm happy to stick with the form from a tipping standpoint, but... As far as actually playing, I won't be having a bet. Just on, I know, I know you're probably going to have um, a little bit of a say about one of our old mates here, but just to let you know where I stand on him, imaging for me is in the life band book. He's gone. I thought he was in my life band book as well, but apparently cremated horses can reform. Um, 
imaging. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. First up, it goes okay first up, right? So first up, last preparation, ran over 1,400 behind Mwanga and very, very elegant, was trapped inside for a run. If he got out, who knows how close he would have gotten. Disappointing preparation, I understand. Very disappointing. Actually, we had a fair bit on him one day and he did not a lot. I just think $9 in a race with really not a lot of talent in it whatsoever. First up, so it's obviously been sort of a target. Like J-Mac takes the ride as well. They're probably trying to get him into the Doncaster too. And you know the other thing? He's been looking for wet ground. He didn't get one soft or heavy track last prep and all of a sudden he comes into the slot. His wet record's 11 starts, three wins and five placings. And this is a horse that's only won six races. So... Look, I'm probably getting sucked in. He'll run a handy seventh again, but I just thought he's worth pushing. We're going to move on because the more I talk about it, the more more money I want to have on him. Um, the, the Tancred, the Tancred. So pretty similar field really to, to the Australian Cup. So we've got Duas, 290 at the top there. Spanish Missions, $4. Think it over, 420 So we've got the same sort of top three in the market, back-to-back weeks. She's ideals 10 bucks, gets a wet ground. So is she a bit over the odds potentially? Stockman 14s. And that probably tells you a little bit about the depth of this race. Like Stockman to me is a benchmark 98 horse. Um, yeah, it's between the top three in the market, isn't it? I agree. I agree. Um, I think you've got to stick with the Australian Cup form. Horses like Shiraz and, and Stockman, they just haven't shown that they're up to this sort of level. So happy to stick with that form. I'm going to extend it out to four chances. She's ideal. Back on a wet track is going to run well. I know she will, and she's at a price now as well. It's been a semi-target for them. Um, I feel like this has been it the whole time, that, you know, try and get her up to fourth up and just hope and pray that there's a, there's a wet track and they've found one here. So I do think she's a chance. Map is obviously the negative with her. Spanish Mission rolls forward. Um, Shiraz won't be too far away, and Angel of Truth boots up from the inside gate as well. So I think Spanish Mission and... We didn't touch on it because obviously we were so happy with what Dewis did last start, but Spanish mission, it was like J-Mac was on, was on it that day. It's like he had a stroke because they were going 16 lengths above benchmark, but he had absolutely no need to. The horse could have traveled at any pace he wanted to, and he thought he'd just roll along and just go stupid and set it up for the back markers. And that's what ended up happening at the day. So Dewis is obviously exceptional that day, and she produced the best of the day as well. So you've got to respect her. I'm just not going with her at the price. I can't have anything around 280 or 270, wherever she is at the moment. Spanish Mission is going to bounce back here. You know, 2,400, loves a wet track as well. Um, it's, it's an import with class, really suited at this weight for age, weight scale as well. And I'm, I'm very close to making it best of the day. If think it over, you know, if it stays soft six, soft, soft seven, I might leave it there. But if it gets to heavy eight, heavy nine, I don't want a bar of think it over and I'll be making Spanish Mission potentially the best on the card. It's hurting me. It's hurting me a lot because when you find a winner at sort of seven or eight bucks and they come out and do it, you want to be with them next start just from a loyalty point of view. But I don't think I can take 290. She doesn't really go any good in the heavy going either. So if it is heavy, I just don't think that that's where I want to put my money. Spanish Mission's a proven 2,400-meter horse. We know this is what he's looking for. You get an extra dollar on top of the price as well. I don't think J-Mac's going to do what he did again. Like that was just, it was silly. That's what it was. It was silly. So I think you'd be probably a little bit regretful of that run, but 
yeah, no, I, I think Spanish Mission will probably be winning this race. I, I do... I do concede that Think It Over, if it is a dry track, he probably is favourite in this race. He probably starts favourite. But I just think Spanish Mission, in terms of boxes ticked for what we're going to get on Saturday, it's got to be Spanish Mission. So it'll be interesting. I think they'll be the three or four. Though. I think market's spot on in terms of the top four. Um, binary stud. So we go to 2000 here. These girls just keep racing against each other constantly. It just... It seems to have it happen every year. So they're all the same fillies running the same races. So Hinged, 420, Abdullah on board, Gypsy Goddess. So this horse has come down from Queensland and has got a really, really impressive record. Like it's gone five from five. And you know when Van Dyke brings one down, they're usually pretty smart. Fangirl, 550, pretty amazing, 750, never been kissed, yearning. The top four or five in the market, full of quality. But I tell you what, there are a few down the bottom that I've never heard of. For sure. Um, you touched on it that a lot of these horses just race together and they're in the same sort of projection throughout their whole campaign. And I actually don't mind it because it just takes less question marks out of the equation. It, it, there's less there's less up in the air and, and you can just pretty much stick to what you know with these horses. And horses in form and mares in form, especially in fillies, usually hold it. So that's what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm going to stick with Never Been Kissed. She ran a really good race behind Mr. Mozart last time out. It was just unfortunately beaten by a really good ride by Pike on the day and stuck on really nicely and obviously finished ahead of Fangirl that day at a decent price. So they've thrown up another $10 um, quote as well. So she's each way again here today and she gets the lead all by herself, which is going to be her biggest asset. 2,000 metres is no issue as well. She's run really well in a spring champion stakes behind Profondo um, last preparation. So I'm pretty keen to go each way. I've never been kissed. The only other horse that I will be having an investment on is Hinged. The horse just continues to impress. At the start of this campaign, you would have had horses like Espiona and Fangirl well in front of where she's at, but she's shown that she's right up to these. And it's another horse that has a really fantastic racing pattern. She's going to be very close and potentially either sitting outside, never been kissed or sitting in that box seat. So those two horses for me are the ones I'm going to have a, a little play on. And the the Van Dyke horse that, that they're bringing down, I don't know too much about it. Um, I'm just always worried about when these Queensland horses come down on the heavy decks. They don't get much heavy track up there. And I'm just always weary of that, especially if they're short price favorites. I know it's not short price, but it's well rated in the market. Um, so I'm just going to oppose it this Saturday. Well, it did open favorite. So it opened 390 and it's now out to 420. The one they've come for is hinge. So it's 550 to 420. I'm guessing a lot of that's based on its runs. So it's obviously run super attacking the line got a win when it was sort of 20 to one and then come out and run a really good third. And she just loves the wet. Like she actually is one of the horses that's proven. You got Gypsy Goddess, we're not sure. Fangirl, we're pretty certain she doesn't like the wet. I reckon we could probably say that now. Pretty amazing. Has had a win on the wet, but still don't know if it's up to this class. Never been kissed. See, there's a question mark in the wet for me there. I've got to go with Hinge. Hinge is the one. I think 420 is a fine price is showing that it will get 2,000. Um, so yeah, now I'm happy to stick with Hinge. And then my other one that I've got to have something small on who finally gets a softish, wettish track is Yearning. Um, you obviously get $10, so it's an each way price to find out. Gate 15, she'll just go back and, and hopefully be rattling, rattling home late. Um, she's actually only had the two wins and one of them has come on a soft deck and she placed as well on a soft deck to, as well. So maybe she is looking for a soft track more than we think. Um, but yeah, no, nah, hinge for me. I think it's a, a reasonable bet. 
the last race we're going to cover at Rose Hill, um, it's a 1,200-metre race. It, it's got a couple of, couple of shortish price, price horses. So we've got Mautai's 290, and then we got Gravina, one of your very, very good friends, is 350. Then we go down to Quantico, nine bucks, Exo Boom, Snatch, and Count de Rupee. I won't leave out Splintex either, mate. Don't worry. Don't start freaking out on me. I saw you sort of start getting out of your chair thinking if he doesn't mention Splintex, geez, I'm going to really drop a bomb on the audience this week. Um, all right, come on. Talk to me. What's going on? I'll start with the speed map. So I think this favourite has got a fair bit of speed, Mautai. I think they can bomb forward with it. Um, the speed's going to be on here, especially for a 1200 race in, in the heavy, heavy going. I think it's going to be a good test of where these horses are at and, and who's got the race fitness on their side. So Gravina does have that race fitness and obviously they've seen a couple of heavy tracks on its first two starts this prep. So going to be no disadvantages at all there for Gravina. The only, the only little concern for me is, is the map. If Rose Hill's just playing leaders and, and it's on fire to be up front all day, I think you can, you can pretty much just pen pen through Gravina the horse and you touched on him as well my old mate um, Splintex I cannot let him go around at $15 or whatever they're throwing up we could potentially get bigger on the weekend obviously he just had a super flat run first up or, or just off a let up behind Shelby and uh, Eduardo like that that's a four horse field you've now got three group one winners in that field I know visually is disappointing he finished a long way off them but there's no there's really no horses like this Nature Strip Eduardo Shelby in this field at all. There's, there's, there's not a whole lot of depth here. And there's a couple of the on the up like Quantico, which I'll, I'm happy to pay respect to, but I think this is a very winnable race. If he was five or six bucks, I probably wouldn't have a bet, but he's going to put him up on speed. He's going to be close enough. He'll be able to peel off, off their backs when needed. And he's going to give a really good sight for your money. I reckon he's had three starts on a heavy for, for two wins and hopefully he can make it three from four. So splint text for me each way, saving Gravina. For sure, I knew. Sorry, I, I did get try to give you a nice lead in for Splintex there. I did nearly forget him about him though, to be honest. Um, so Gravina for me, I I don't think I'm going to be piling in, and of course, going to be wanting to watch and see what the track does. But she gets wet ground again, fifty three kilos. I think the race sort of sets up pretty nicely for her if we do have an even track. So I think three fifty is a fine price. And then the other one, like she's drawn seventeen and got 59 kilos. So they're not exactly exciting factors, but she's probably the class of the race and goes really good on wet ground as well. Like this horse ran second in a golden eagle behind on Thunderstruck, who's nearly won an all-star mile. So it's the right form for the race. I just, gate 17's a nightmare and 59 kegs in the wet, second up. Like it's not a lot of ticks, but I'm just going to keep it safe. The other one, as well, like just something something I've only sort of seen in the last hour or so when I was finishing the form off is Art Cadeau. Like, might not be up to this class, but goes really good first up, absolutely eats wet ground, has some nice form at Rose Hill. Like, it might run some a cheeky race from gate one, 26 bucks. Might be just something worth throwing into your exotics and stuff as well if you're having to play that way. Um, one of my favourite parts of our previews Thank God you've got a grin on your face because I'm excited as well. Your best Western, Jackson. They've been on fire. Have you got one for me? We've been going good with the best Westerns recently, mate. So hopefully we can keep the good times rolling here. And we're going to go fairly early in the day here. We're in race two, guys. So again, no guesses where they're at this weekend. Um, Ascot for, I think it's round 70. Round 70 are the last sort of five weeks for them. 
another Wednesday midweek weeding at Ascot. So the gravel seems to be holding up at this stage and um, good on them for keeping this track up and going. But Seriously though, that, that's a massive shout out to the curators over there because to have, have them racing twice a week at the same track for six months is it's a fair effort. And to be able to get away with a gravel racetrack, that's, that's the biggest hats off to them. Like that's, that's an incredible achievement. So well done to all the boys over there at Ascot um, on the old tarmac there. So anyways, we, we've got a tip here, Ned. So like a Jaguar, um, had no luck at all this prep, you're going to get a half decent price as well. I know I've been tipping them a lot of shorties out, out west just to try and sink our teeth in, but this one's at a little bit of a better price. So I'm going a little bit outside the box here and the horse gets back in running. He's twelve. He's twelve hundred. Oh, sorry, eleven hundred back to a thousand. So he's going to be going to be near last. There's going to be a few heart attack moments, but this horse has a booming six hundred last finish. He's got the best jockey in the West on board, Chris Parnham. My boy's back in form. He's he's let me down in the last sort of two or three two or three weeks, but I reckon he's back. Um, he's worked out this horse. The horse has had no luck at all this this campaign. Had a really close up fourth last start in a, in a nice enough race, and this race is no harder. Even 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 running even luck, I think he can run really well at four dollars. It's interesting you say this. So I've I've gone to race two Ascot. I've opened it up and I've thought to myself, I hope this horse isn't like a Jaguar because I've done my ass on this horse. I reckon there's been three or four times where I've been about fourteen cans deep and thought, oh, I like it. I love that horse and throwing something on its run second or third. But hopefully for the punters, the way that this Best Western's been rolling, mate, it can't lose at the moment. So. Like a Jaguar, get on, lads. 460 might get bigger on the day. Who knows? Give him strength. Have you got a best? I'm going to stick with Spanish Mission. I think it's a fantastic chance. The horse is going to take so much benefit out of that last start where they went stupid in front. As long as that hasn't flattened him on, I know he's, it was a horse with a lot of quality. He's, for me, he's, he's probably the best bet on the card at Rose Hill. There you go. Me too. So let's spank Spanish. Um, four bucks seems a pretty good price as well. So Spanish Mission is our... Second again, tip for the week. We'll obviously be posting our tips out as well. Um, we're going to try and get them out nice and early so that you guys can have a play on Friday night. Build the bank for such an illustrious card at Mornington on Saturday. But more importantly, there's plenty of money to be made at Rose Hill. And over in the West on the tarmac. Jacko, been a pleasure, brother. Always is. Always is a pleasure, mate. Let's keep it, let's keep it rolling, brother. For sure. See you, mate.